Okay, so let's open up our Bibles to, where's my notes? Okay, here we go. So we are talking about the types of giving, okay? And then let me say this, you know, sometimes when we're talking about money, it might seem like a non-spiritual issue, but let me tell you, the Bible talks about it a lot, because God knows that we live in a world where that, that runs with money. And most people spend their whole lives working for money. You know, and you can't serve God and money at the same time. That's what the Bible tells us. But there is a way that God has established for us to have more than enough money so that it's never an issue so that it's never a limitation, so that it's never a stressor, so that it's never something we have to work for. Instead, it works for us. And so most people don't know what the system is and how it works. And so they're missing out. Even believers are missing out because they don't know exactly how it works or what they're supposed to do or why haven't, hasn't it worked, you know? And, and, and some, a lot of believers, you know, tithe and they're not blessed. And you go... Why? Well, just like I taught a few weeks on healing, and I told you there's more than one principle about healing. There's more than one thing that the Bible lists, you know, for healing. Like there's so many things that the Bible is full of that it refers in, uh, it refers to healing in your body. It refers to health. It refers to your bones. It refers to, you know, every part of you. Like just like there is. So many principles about healing and how to get healed and how to be in divine healing is the same thing for finances. It's not just you show up and you just write a check every Sunday. There's a lot more to that. And so and not, I'm not saying it's hard or it's complicated. I'm just saying people perish for lack of knowledge. You know, that's what the Bible tells us. People perish for lack of knowledge. People perish also for lack of vision. You know, they don't know what they're doing. They're just working to earn a paycheck and there's no vision in their life. And so that's why we're talking about this, okay? Because just like the gospel is not just salvation, it's also healing and peace and prosperity, right, in every area of life, it's the same thing finances. God wants us to prosper financially that we may abound for every good work, you know? And so we're going to, um, so we, we, we talked about the tithe, okay? That was two weeks ago. We talked about the tithe. Let me let me say something. Um, if you if you are a tither, that is awesome. That's that's the beginning. That's the first. That's the first part, right? It's the number one thing. It's the tithe. It's the ten percent that belongs to the Lord. It's ten percent, and we said the tithe is motivated by obedience, and out of that obedience is because of trust. Okay. So you can't obey someone you don't trust because if you do, you'll be doing it at, like out of a forced way and it'll feel like abuse. It won't feel like, yeah, I get to tithe. No, it'll feel like, mm, you know, I have to. And it's not a have to, it's a get to, right? It's the beginning of trusting God in this relationship because it's really easy. Let me say this. How can we trust God with eternity? That means forever and ever, but we can't trust him with Next month's bills. It sounds so shallow. It doesn't make sense. That's why money and tithing is an issue of the heart. And it has so much to do with our trust and our relationship with God. 
or personal trust with your papa that tells you, hey, listen, here's how it works, but you got to trust me. You got to trust me that 90 is going to go further than 100%. And that's where it starts. It's kindergarten. And let me tell you something else. Tithing isn't generosity. <laughs> Sorry to burst up. I'm tithing. Yeah, you know, that's awesome. That's like graduated from level one. But it's not being generous. It's not generosity. That's, that, that's not even ours, you know. <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> okay, so, but tithing, we said, is motivated by obedience. And if you're tithing by obedience, it's because you trust God. And we said that faith without works is dead. I love what Sarah said last week. She said a lot of people jump in on the action of somebody else, but they don't have the belief that they have. Therefore, it doesn't work because it becomes works of the flesh instead of a product of a belief that is inside. You with me? David said... (laughs) King David said, I believe, therefore I spoke. Right? I believe, therefore I tithe. I trust God at his word. I take him at his word, therefore I do. So it's good to see what other people are doing but it really isn't what they're doing. And I started, you know, a series a long time ago saying like, saying, saying that very thing. It's not really what they do is what they believe. Okay? And so tithing, you, you can listen to that whole thing. You know, I don't want to get into it anymore. But, um, uh, okay. Uh, the, the, there's four types of giving, okay? And we're going to break this up. So I'll... I'm at least going to cover two more today, and if I don't get to the third one, we'll go 25 minutes, okay? And we'll go next week, okay? So the second type of giving, and this isn't any particular order, it's just the order I picked, okay? There's nothing theological about this. It's the first fruits, okay? And so open your Bible with me to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, okay? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, it says, Honor the Lord with your possessions, and with the first fruits of all your increase. Okay? So what are the first fruits? Well, first of all, the first fruits are motivated by generosity. Okay? It's gratefulness. It's honor to God. What is the first fruits? There's, there's two. The first way you can give the first fruits is um, your first paycheck, you know, at a job. You know, that's, a, that's, that's motivated by generosity. Okay? That's... Um, it, it, maybe you got a raise, and the raise, maybe you made $1,000, and the raise is $200, so that $200 is the first fruit of that increase, okay? So you'd give that whole $200, oh, but I waited so long for, to get this raise. Well, you can wait one more week. It's, motive, it, you don't, it's, an, it's not a have to. I want you to understand, none of this is a have to, okay? We're not like the other religions that check the records, it works pretty good for them if you see they have beautiful <laughs> churches every corner, you know. <laughs> but what's the point if, you know, if there's no hard transformation? So I'd rather go slower <laughs> and that you're being transformed and you're being built up, right? Religion forces you to do something you don't believe and produces no eternal fruit. And so uh, first fruits is motivated by generosity. Maybe you got a new stream of income. You know, that new stream of income. First check, that's the first fruits right there. You can give that to the Lord, right? And now there's, there's people that say, well, I'm self-employed. You know, I always, 
get, have a different, you know, income. And, and well, that's why I say, you know, a, a new stream of income or something like that. We be considered first fruits, but it's a thing of the heart. It's not a, it's not a have to, you know. Like if you come to ask me, hey, do I have to give first fruits from this? Well, the answer is no, because you had to ask. You know what I mean? It's something you purpose in your heart. So again, tithing is motivated by obedience, but first fruits is motivated by generosity, by honor, by gratefulness to the Lord for that increase, okay? Now, there used to be a time where people didn't spend everything they made. So everything that they received was increase. So they gave the first fruits of that increase, of that next paycheck. So when you receive your check every week, that is also referred to as your increase, even if it's the same as the last paycheck. And that is how the tithe is supposed to be because the tithe is not just 10%, is the first 10% off the top. See, it's a matter of honor. You honor the Lord with the first fruits of your increase. The best part of it. As a matter of fact, let's go to, um, this is, I don't know if I, I brought this up to you guys, but Genesis chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. I'm going to read this real quick. Genesis 4. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't give that one to you. I didn't know if I was going to go to it. But Genesis 4, 3 and 4, it says, uh, When it was time for the harvest, Cain, okay, Cain and Abel, you know, the first two siblings, says, um, Cain presented some of his crops, as a gift to the Lord. Say with me, some. Okay? Some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. A lot of people have a hard time understanding why God liked one and not the other. Uh, but it's about this. It's about the first fruit. Okay? And then it says, um, Abel also brought a gift. The best portions. Say with me, the best portions. Of the firstborn. Say with me, firstborn. Okay? Lambs of his flock. Do you see the difference? It's a matter of the heart. Cain brought some of it. Abel brought the best and the first. On your budget, whether it's written on your phone, where's tithe and offering? Is it at the top? Is it at the bottom? Is it on the maybe side? Is it even there? See, because you're like, well, I have automatic bills that come out every month, and it's not the first one. It's in your heart. It's what you purpose. Did you, did you put it there first, right? You're like, I got paid on Monday, and I don't go to church till Sunday. What can I do? Don't worry. Like, <laughs> did you already set it in your heart? That's what the Lord is looking at. And it says, the Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. Why? Because there's a big difference between the first and the best and the leftovers. <laughs> you know, we were uh, preaching in Chino Valley last week. They were like loud in there. <laughs> I'm like, man, well, they, we weren't talking about money, but. <laughs> Kara was teaching on something else. <laughs> Anyways, I, I know it's just because you're learning and you're taking notes and you're like, <laughs> right? That's what it is. Yep. So it shows God, uh, first fruit show God that you're not in love with money, okay? And um, anyways, that's, that's the first fruit, okay? So 
you know, even, even when you get cash and you have cash, you, you know that there's better bills than others, right? There's the crispier ones, newer ones, and then there's the old ones that have all kinds of things written on it, and they're kind of like a little bit broken, torn. So just ask yourself, if I have cash, which ones do I give God? Would I give, well, these are the older ones. They're going to deposit them anyway. It doesn't matter. And you keep the best ones? Or do you give the crispier ones? I'm not telling you you have to give the crispy bills. But what I'm saying is it's a matter of the heart. Do we give the first and the best to the Lord? Or do we give from the leftovers? Okay? But it's still 10%, Pastor. Like, it's still the first fruit. Yeah. But it's about your heart. See? The heart produces an action, okay, of obedience, of trust, of saying, yes, I believe this. Religion produces just works. And that's why, well, we'll get to that, that portion later. Okay, so... So uh, that's the first fruits, okay? So the first fruits motiva- motivated by generosity, um, and uh, and there's those are the ways you give the first fruits. But there's something really important, and you'll see it throughout the Bible when you read. There is something called the law of the first things. You know, uh, Sunday is the first day of the week. That's why we give it to God. And when you read through everything, you see Isaac was his, uh, his son whom he loved, right? Like it was the best. Like there was an Ishmael before, but the best was what was required, right? And there's so many examples in the Bible. You'll see that God asked for the first, and it was the first and the best that really meant a lot more. And it's also about percentages, because to whom much is given, much is required, to whom Less is given, less is required, right? So you can't compare somebody that makes $200,000 with somebody that makes $60,000 a, a year, right? And be like, he gives more and he gives more because it's not about the amount, it's about the percentage. Because if you can be faithful with the little, then he'll make you ruler over much. And there's not an amount to that, it's just about percentages. Yeah? Okay, so... That's why the widow gave more than all the other Pharisees. Not that she might have given more in amount. Who knows? It doesn't tell us. But she gave all she had. (laughs) And Jesus was amazed at her great faith. You know, it's one of the, I believe, two times in the Bible that Jesus was amazed. One was with her. It was a gift of generosity. He's like, whoa. This lady just moved heaven. She really believes. (laughs) Okay, I'll keep going. Uh, don't worry, I did radio for over a year. I'm used to no feedback. <laughs> That's why I can preach the tough messages too and come back next week with my, he- my head held up high. <laughs> but you want to hear about this. You need to know about this because you don't want to work yourself to death, you know just to make money. Like, that's not God's will for you. He wants to work hard and to be ethical to, you know, all these things. But but he has uh, more than enough for us so that we can abound for every good work without killing ourselves for money. So his principles take faith and trust 
but they produce more fruit. Okay, so uh, so that's first fruits. Now let's talk about the alms, okay? And this is probably where we'll end, okay? What are the alms? Go with me to Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Matthew 6, 1. And we're going to read from verse 1 through 4. Are you learning something this morning? I don't teach you anything that I don't practice. I, I practice this. I live this. I've been preaching for 20 years now, I realized the other day. And, um, and this is one of the things that has always, always been consistent in my life and always, always seen increase. Always seen increase. Even in the bad times, like Bob was saying, like, like COVID, right? Like so many people had decrease instead of increase. We increased. And, and actually, if you ask the majority of the people in, in this church, they all increased too. Um, and, and I'm not talking about stimulus checks. Like I'm talking about, you know, <laughs> like real increase. <laughs> um, okay, so the alms, okay? The alms, this one is very tricky because this one could, could cause could cause you to fail. <laughs> okay, so I need you to pay attention to this one. Um, let's read first, and then I'll go into it. Uh, verse 1 says, Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others. Okay? For you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. Uh, verse 2 says, When you give to someone in need. Say with me, to someone in need. This is talking about the alms. Benevolence. To someone in need, okay? When you give to someone in, in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, okay, alms, benevolence, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, okay? So it's telling us to do this in secret. Why? To protect the dignity of the person that you're helping. Amen. How embarrassing and, and how much shame could it bring to someone say, hey, look, I, I gave him food because he had nothing to eat this week. Huh? Am I awesome or what? <laughs> well, you're a jerk. <laughs> it says, give your gifts in private. And your father who sees everything will reward you. See this? Sometimes we just apply this blanket thing to everything like, oh, I can't believe, you know, he said, you know, how much this was or how much his offering was. So I was like, hold on. You know, this is telling us when you give alms or benevolence, do it in secret for the purpose of protecting the dignity of that person. I'm not telling you to shout out to everybody what your offering is or anything like that. But actually, to the contrary, that could be encouraging or challenging to somebody, you know, to know like, wow, you know, you really believe God is actually a testimony. Yeah, I sowed this much, and then the Lord later on brought this harvest, you know. That's not going against that. So, alms are motivated by compassion. Say with me, compassion. Okay, so the alms are motivated by compassion by sympathy, okay, and they're given in secret to protect people's dignity in crisis. God loves it. Now, go to Proverbs 19, verse 17, okay. Proverbs 19, 17 says, if you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord, and he will repay you. God loves it when we help the poor. 
okay, and the widows. And he tells us to do it. Like, I believe it's part of the church's calling and mandate to help the poor and the widows and people that are in need. It is our mandate. And God loves it. Everywhere in the Bible, he's constantly telling us to help the poor, okay, to help the poor. But it says, the Lord will repay you. Let me tell you, that word right there, it does not imply any multiplication. It's just, he's just going to repay you. He's going to pay you back. Why? So you never have to wonder if what you're giving to this poor person, they're going to pay you back. No, no, no. It's a gift. You give it to them. No strings attached. Who's going to repay you? The Lord. But this is not sowing, and this is not uh, multiplication of our harvest. This is not that. And this is why I'm saying this so carefully, because the motivation of our heart determines the quality and the kind of our seed. Okay? Because it all looks green, green bills. It's all dollars. It's all, it's all the same. But it is our heart and our motivation, okay, that determines what that is. You before the Lord, okay, that determines what that is. And the problem is that many believers give their tithe out of need, compassion, or sympathy. They give their offerings as compassion, need, sympathy. And guess what happens when they give that? There's no multiplication because they gave out of necessity. And we're not going to get to 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 till next week because it's a, it's a long one and it's the best one. And you don't want to miss that one because that's when we talk about multiplication. But the alms are not multipliable. So here's what happens. And here's where, sadly, a lot of leaders have set their people up for failure. Because they will raise up an offering or raise up the tithes and put just enough pity in there for you to be moved by need by an emotion, by like, oh, they really needed to pay the bills. Okay, here, you know, I will give my tithe and, and my offering. And so you end up giving it not as a seed, but you end up giving it out of need. And you change what, that's, what that is. And it's no longer a seed. It's now alms. So you end up giving alms to the church. You end up giving alms into the kingdom of God. And what's that? That's, there's no multiplication in that. I know, I know some of you are like, I've been doing this wrong for so many years. <laughs> Sorry, but let me tell you, that is also the reason so many people are hurt with the church. And they're hurt with certain ministries and people that are like, please give now. We need it. We need it in order to stay in the air. We need it in order to feed the orphans. Look at their faces. We need it. And so people give because they're moved by emotion. But that's manipulation. Whether they're trying to manipulate or not, they're manipulating their emotions and their feelings instead of teaching them the words so that they have the right motivation in their heart and it can be a right seed that actually brings a multiplication to them. Instead, it ends up, ends up being alms. 
So the alm actually, that, you know, that word repay means to, to make you whole again. So you had $10, you gave a dollar to somebody that was poor, out of compassion, out of need. The Lord will repay you, will give you $1 back and make you, and repay you, make you whole again. It's like an insurance company, you know. A good one, because most of the times they try to give you less than that. <laughs> Are you with me? And so, let's not, okay, and, and then I want to say something really important, actually, that directly applies to our church. So, we're building an orphanage in Kenya, right? But we have never, ever asked you to give because of the need or because, like, we've shown you the progress, right? But we've never done anything like that. Why? Because we want you that when you give it, you give it as a seed, not as alms. How do you do that? Well, you determine your heart is a seed. And even if you have compassion for them, you're like, no, 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 hold on. I'm giving this. This is a seed. And I'm sowing into good ground, into their lives, okay? And God loves that, yes. But it's a seed. And the difference is that in one, you give because, because they need. And, the, and when it's a seed, you give because you purposed in your heart. You know, 2 Corinthians 8, uh, ver, uh, chapter 9 says, like, each one give as a purpose in their heart. And that's talking about seed. So that's why you can give to the orphanage by purposing in your heart, deciding. In other words, it's not an emotional decision. It's not out of pity. It's not out of need. It's like, that's good ground. And guess what? It also has a vision attached to it. I am sowing into the lives of children, Right? who are coming out of being orphans and are going to change their city and are going to change their nation. And there's a vision attached to it. Therefore, it's a seed and it's not an emotional decision. Oh my gosh, I need to send them food or they're not going to be able to eat next week. Can you differentiate the difference? Can you differentiate the difference? Can you tell the difference? See, one is emotionally driven out of compulsion. That's another one of the words that it uses in 2 Corinthians 9, out of compulsion. But when it's a seed, it's something that you purposed in your heart. And we'll talk about seed next time, not today, okay? Because it's really long, and I, I would leave you like halfway in there. Okay, so alms. Um, let's go to, did we read uh, 1917? Okay, let's go to Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 9. Okay, I have five minutes, and this is, this is going to be great. Leviticus 19.9. Check this out. Still talking about alms, okay? Still talking about alms. Sometimes we have to make the difference, so we talked a little bit about seed. But it says, when you harvest the crops of your land, do not harvest the grain along the edges of your fields. And do not pick up what the harvesters drop. Why? It is the same with your grape crop. Do not strip every last bunch of grapes from the vines and do not pick up the grapes that fall to the ground. Leave them for the poor and the foreigners living among you and I am the Lord your God. Okay, I want you to get this picture. Let's just, just pretend for a moment that your, your, your land is a perfect square, okay? And you have crops all over it. So what God is saying here, say don't harvest the corners, Leave the corners. And if the harvesters drop something, tell them not to pick it up, to leave it there. Why? For the poor 
and the immigrant. That's alms. That's benevolence. But what is it coming out of? Number one, it's coming out of their abundance, their harvest. Number two, it's the leftovers. You're like, that sounds so bad. Are we supposed to just give them the leftovers? No, I mean, if you have enough abundance, you, you, you can give them more than leftovers. But what it's saying is kind of yes. <laughs> Here's the problem. Many people give God the leftovers. So out of that field, out of that crop field, the best and the first is your tithe, right? It goes to the Lord. Then some has to be seed to receive, right? And to eat and to trade and all that stuff, okay? It said, but the, le- but the corners, leave those to the Lord. Le- I'm sorry, leave those to the poor. <laughs> Don't leave those to the Lord. Ah, I just undid everything I'm trying to <laughs> teach the leftovers, the corners. Like, how, how many of your kids always leave the edges of the bread? Right? Those are the leftovers. So imagine that that's the leftover, okay? And that's for the poor. And you're like, well, but we should give him more. This is what God is teaching here, okay? Don't get mad at me. Because I am number one, Mr. Compassion. I, I, I love to bless people, and I love to give to the poor. But God was establishing a system that wouldn't enable them to stay poor and to become comfortable in unemployment. I mean, to become comfortable in, um, <laughs> in their poverty and to excel, right? And to, and to, and to thrive and to grow. So he was setting up a system that says, no, we're going to take care of them. Like, we don't want them to die of starvation. And no, it's like, and so he told them, he said, don't harvest the corners. Leave that for them. And if you drop something, those are leftovers, give it to them. So in other words, out of your abundance, you have so much that out of your abundance, yes, give to them. Always have a few dollars, give to the poor, give to the homeless. Yes. But he was not setting up a system where people would be able to say, you know what? This is really good. We don't, might as well just stay like this. We're like, this is a great life. Right? So our number one, okay. This is like, <laughs> the all system, I'm just going to read what I wrote. The all system was 100% motivated by compassion. It was never meant to bring people out of poverty and into abundance and comfort. Alms is your leftover. Many have given God their, their alms, okay? Um, because if we didn't, if we actually give the poor our best and our most, then we create people who would not want to work and enable laziness and we become their provider instead of God being their provider. So it's almost like God said, okay, here's enough to take care of them, to help them come out of where they're at, but teach him how to fish. Don't enable them to stay home and do nothing because 
That's not my plan. I want them to also learn how to prosper. Ay, ay, ay. This is a message. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Okay. So, oh, you know what? That's not bright enough. It's, it's zero, 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 zero. That means I'm out of time. Oh, it's, it's just like perfect. So, I'm going to stop there, okay? But, um, so today, close your eyes. I want to pray. I want to pray this, and this is just between you and God, okay? Uh, because if you have been the kind that was tithing, but you gave God your leftover tithe, it wasn't the first or the best, or it was sometimes if you could, or you know, uh, you you just kind of gave your tithe to the poor because you had compassion, or you gave your tithe to an orphanage because they needed it more, you know, and like today. You know, Lord, Lord, I just pray that you give everybody a revelation about their own, uh, about their own management of the finances and the seeds that you put into their trust, God, and that everybody would uh, be encouraged to make the adjustments necessary. God, we understand that you want us to, to prosper, to have way more than we need, way more than we need, that we could be a blessing to the poor, to the orphan, to the widow, to to everyone else, God, but. But we also understand that's not the way, uh, alms is not the way of multiplication. So, God, just help us understand your system. Give us clarity. Give us clarity, God. I pray all the truth would be settled in our hearts, God, and that any confusion would just be uh, cleared up by you, Holy Spirit. We want to live in the multiplication system you have for us. We want to be a blessing to nations. We want to teach others to live in abundance, how you planned it for them. So we thank you, God. Thank you for truth, truth in our hearts, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That was so good.